Michelle Castillo, a 43-year-old mother of five, was found hanging in a basement shower on March 20th, 2014, apparently having taken her own life. Or did she? Welcome to JS for Justice podcast. If live breaking news and following true crime is your thing, then please consider subscribing to my channel. And if you like what you see in my videos, please consider giving them a thumbs up. It was a normal night in Northern Virginia in 2014. Braulio Castillo had just taken four of his kids to dinner. But what happened next, inside their multi-million dollar home, shattered this family forever. Don't let the image of this picture-perfect colonial household in Virginia fool you. According to the Castillo's oldest son, Nick, behind closed doors, Braulio and Michelle Castillo were struggling to save their marriage. But it wasn't always that way. Both Pralio and Michelle wanted a big family. They adopted their first two children and then had three of their own. Together, they ran a highly successful IT business. And thanks to Pralio's status as a wounded veteran, they were first in line for lucrative government jobs. The money furnished a lavish lifestyle, but it could not buy them happiness. In April of 2013, Michelle filed for divorce and secured a PPO personal protective order against Berlio. Their son, Nick, recalls verbal abuse, emotional abuse, yelling and screaming, cursing directed at her and directed at him. According to Deputy Commonwealth's attorneys, Alejandra Ruda and Nicole Whitman, divorce papers allege disturbing behavior. He locked her in a closet once for a couple of hours, demanding that he have sex with her, said Whitman. The Castillos were married for nearly 18 years. But before the ink on the divorce papers was dry, Castillo had already moved on. He was dating a triathlete. He also moved right down the street from his estranged wife. For her part, Michelle maintained an unbreakable bond with her kids and sought to rebuild her battered self-esteem. On March 19, 2014, Michelle and Berlio meet that afternoon to finalize the terms of their divorce. I know that she was seeking somewhere in the neighborhood of fourteen dollars to $17,000 a month in child support. His attorney kept wanting to negotiate as part of the divorce settlement that she withdraw that protective order. She was adamant that the protective order stay in place. And in fact, when he had visitation with the children, he was not allowed to pick them up or drop them off at her house. That's how dangerous she thought he was, and that's how scared she was of him. And that is a quote from Alejandra Ruda. But the court's decision was delayed. Later that evening, Michelle picked her kids up from a visit with Berlio. She had been out with her friends celebrating the fact that she had just qualified for the Boston Marathon. Michelle put the kids down for the night set the security alarm, and went to bed. According to Loudoun County Sheriff's Lead Detective Mark McCaffrey, the children woke the next morning, March 20th, 2014, and called their father in a panic. They said, Mom isn't here. We don't know. And they were crying and upset and scared. Because of his restraining order, 
Berlio asked a neighbor to search the house for Michelle while he took the kids to school. So he left and the neighbor thought it was quite odd and so odd that she called the police. Word of Michelle's disappearance reaches oldest son, Nick, who was away at college. Cops arrive to search the home and make a gruesome discovery. Michelle is hanging from a shower head in the basement bathroom with an electrical cord wrapped around her neck. Detective McCaffrey said it looked at first blush, yes, as a suicide. There's a woman hanging from a shower, he said. The children had told me that they searched the basement, but later on it was pretty apparent that they did not search the entire basement. And I think that's merciful that that didn't happen, said McCaffrey. McCaffrey had the solemn burden of calling Nick, who had to tell his siblings. But something about this tragedy did not sit well with investigators. Detective McCaffrey went on to say she was forward and her hair had been pulled in front of her face and the ligature was pulled around and on top of the hair and had been pulled. That's painful to begin with. People don't do that. And I've had lots of suicides. I've never seen anything like that. It looked like it was staged, said Nicole Whitman. It looked like something you would expect to see at some haunted house or something. It looked very unusual. But who could have staged that? The house was locked all night and the alarm was set. Michelle Castillo had made certain that her estranged husband did not have the code. And if it wasn't for a surveillance camera on a neighbor's house that caught a man entering the Castillo home on the night of the murder, police may never have solved this case. Michelle's estranged husband, Braulio, lives just a few blocks away. So Detective McCaffrey reaches out to him and... Or no. So Detective McCaffrey reaches his home in less than a minute. Detective McCaffrey recalls his first sight of Braulio. I see him at the top of the stairs and he's on his phone. And then he comes down and he tells me he's on the phone with his lawyer. And his lawyer advised him not to speak with me. The other thing I noted about that, he had a black eye and a scratch running down his face. He lawyered up right away, so there's not much of me asking him anything. So now... Braulio Castillo is a prime suspect. But first, the cops need to prove that Michelle's death was murder, not suicide. McCaffrey goes on to explain the autopsy. I went to the autopsy the next day, and there were extensive injuries. Facial injuries, bruising to her face, her neck, but one of the most telling injuries that I saw were her shins, both her legs, badly bruised, and that's indicative of someone thrashing around and kicking. Prosecutor Nicole Whitman shared Detective McCaffrey's suspicion. And she said, As soon as I walked in, I could tell this wasn't the home of a mother who would have killed herself. I could see that her life was very similar to mine. She was a mother of children, and they were obviously the central focus of her life. So it struck me almost immediately that this doesn't seem like somebody who would voluntarily leave her children alone. Forensic evidence would soon support that conclusion. When the shower stall was dusted in the home, there were no prints, there were nobody's prints. So if someone would have stepped into the shower, the fingerprints would have been there and there were no fingerprints at all. Analysis of Michelle's clothing also revealed startling clues. Patterned blood and spots on her shirt and on her sleeves. The interviews with Michelle's kids raised major questions as well. One of the children had noted 
that the bed did not look right when he went in his mother's bedroom that morning. The bed was made, but it was not made the way she made it. And when the CSI stripped the bed, they found blood on a pillowcase. It took two weeks for DNA tests to confirm whose blood that was. Detective McCaffrey also canvassed the neighborhood for surveillance footage from the night of the murder, and he scored a potential hit. A video camera across the street. It shows Michelle arriving home at 819, but there's no sign of any intruder. As Detective McCaffrey is viewing this footage, he says, I was looking at the time frame from midnight on, and I didn't see any perpetrator go in the house. And I couldn't understand, because if it was after midnight, the alarm would have went off. Those kids would have woken up. Everyone would have woken up. So I couldn't understand it. And I'd lay there at night thinking in the initial stages, how did this happen? He says, I was laying there at night and I was just going to sleep. And my wife watches these crime shows. And she said, well, maybe he got in before 12 o'clock. Maybe he got in before Michelle got home. He thought it through. And the next day he called up the CSI and he said, can we get video from eight o'clock that night? Because that's the last known time Braleo was seen. And at 8.09, he sees a figure that looks suspiciously like Braleo. He couldn't identify him 100%. He was running down the street at 8.09 and entered that house. And at 8.19, he sees the mother and the children come home and go into the house. And then at 12.31, he sees a figure run out of the house. He thinks he's got his man. The detectives ran cadaver dogs through the house and cadaver dogs basically alert to the scent of human decomposition, according to Nicole Whitman. This was 17 days after the murder. Michelle's body was gone. By then, long gone, the house had been cleaned by Mr. Castillo's family. The sheets were changed, the bedding was gone, and the dog immediately ran down to the basement and alerted in the shower where Michelle was hanging. They pulled the dog off that, and the dog went through the entire house. The entire house was over 10,000 square feet. The dog also alerted in one other place in the house, and that was the foot of Michelle's bed. DNA tests finally came back, and investigators had their man, Braulio Castillo. They got the defendant's blood on Michelle Castillo's sweatshirt in multiple locations, as well as on one of the sheets of her bed. Braulio Castillo was relaxing, having a cup of coffee in a local coffee shop when he was arrested on the spot. But the night before the trial, Detective McCaffrey is hit with news that could jeopardize the entire case. He is fired by the county sheriff. He claims it's because he voted for his boss's opponent in the recent election. McCaffrey recalls at Christmas time, I was taking my kids on a family vacation to Williamsburg for a Christmas light festival. And I got the call that I wasn't coming back. I was concerned that these defense attorneys would somehow convince the jury, that there was a problem with the lead detective, and that's why he wasn't resworn, said Nicole Whitman. And so, you know, if you can't trust the lead detective, how can you trust the evidence? Adding to the drama, another key witness has an even more difficult time showing up to court to testify against Berlio, Nicholas Castillo. He says, it was very hard from the standpoint of this is my dad, I didn't want this to be my dad. It looks like my dad. This could be my dad. I think it's my dad. It is my dad. I know Braleo was inside that house, 
said Detective McCaffrey. Those children, she bathed them, she fed them, she put them to bed, read them a story. They said prayers and said good night. That was around 9, 9.30. All of the time, Mr. Castillo was in that house, probably in the basement waiting, and then he ambushed her later on. It was a quick but very savage attack. And they feel that he disabled her very quickly and got her unconscious very quickly. Jurors also heard heart-wrenching closed-circuit testimony from the Castillo's nine-year-old son, who testified he had left his security blanket in his mother's room on the night of her death. And the nine-year-old son offered one last damning piece of evidence on how his dad got in the house that night. And he said, I know you did it, Dad. I know you did this. And you made me give you the passcode. And you yelled at me. And Detective McCaffrey recalls that and says it was just a horrific time and a horrific moment. By the end of the first day of deliberations, the jury reached its verdict. Guilty of first-degree murder. Braulio Castillo is sentenced to life without parole plus 16 years. Today, the four youngest remain together in a new home. The eldest, Nick, still struggles to make sense out of such a senseless loss. Braulio Castillo maintains that his wife committed suicide and that he is innocent. At his sentencing, he did not address the court or show any emotion when his children vilified him. Nick Castillo is currently suing his father for wrongful death hoping to get back some of the family inheritance that he said his dad cleaned out before he went to prison. In 2019, the Virginia Court of Appeals upheld convictions for first-degree murder, burglary, and violation of a protective order against Berlio Castillo, resulting from the death of his estranged wife in March 2014. 